everybody welcome to the 115th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage live and direct from pdx welcome to the realm of the real where the real can kind of be bummed out about this game and we also have longtime guest longtime friend of the pod evan mccarthy evan and pdx thank you for joining us evan Long time drunk, man. Dude. Always. I'm here. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to the game tonight with my boys, Sage and Dustin and Olga. And it was, um, the could have been better. Could have been could have been a better experience, obviously. The pregame was better than the actual game. We pregame pretty no well. Doubt. No doubt. Dude. It was fantastic. Your boy has been out of practice when it comes to drinking. You're not talking about me. No, no, no. Yeah. Sage has been out of practice. When I got my third and we went on the walk, I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know if I'm going to handle this well. And, you know, when we sat down and the game started, the bile that is in my stomach oh, went God. away. And I could cheer for both teams. That Almost hurts. equally. That <laughs> hurts. That hurts Dustin. That hurts our feelings. No, that doesn't hurt. You know what hurts me? Terry Stotts. <laughs> That's what hurts me. <laughs> Dustin definitely made a new friend oh, I, at, the, at, the, at the game where he, after damn near every positive Pelican play, you heard, Fire Terry Stotts! <laughs> or he would call Anthony Davis for traveling when it clearly wasn't traveling. I may have my opinions on Stotts, but that guy was in a whole nother, whole nother section. But Portland did drop game one of... The first round to the New Orleans Pelicans, 97-95. Outscored the Pelicans 32-22 in the fourth quarter, but it was way too little, way too late. They got down by as many as 17 points in the second half. And once again, when Portland struggles is when they go away from Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic again, single-digit field goal attempts, only took seven tonight. And it was no surprise that when they put him back in the game in the fourth quarter and actually ran the pick-and-roll action... New Orleans had a tough time adapting because New Orleans went small with AD and Meritich mm-hmm. up front, and Portland was able to run their their offense. I don't know why the point guards or the coach is so allergic to feeding Yusuf Nurkic, but it's getting obnoxious at this point because we saw during that four-game road trip that when the Trailblazers struggle, it's when we have our guards putting up the majority of the shots rather than actually getting the ball inside to our center, who who he's just revving up. Like, he is getting better as the season goes on. And, I mean, with the Pelicans, their strat is have five guys on the court that can pass, shoot, dribble, and if Nurk was more involved in the game, they would have to sub out one of those guys that can pass, shoot, and dribble for a big man that could handle... Nurk and like the only person that can do that is a Mecca Okafor that you and you can't trust a Mecca to be good for twenty plus minutes. So not feeding the big man really feeds into New Orleans's game plan. Did a Mecca Okafor play against no, the Spurs? Not. Against the Spurs? Uh it, it's been Nico and Czech Diallo 
So I completely spoke out of my ass on the playoff preview podcast when I said that Terry Stotts has a distinct coaching advantage over Alvin Gentry. Gentry was amazing tonight and not playing Omeka. He went small. He basically dared Terry Stotts to go to Nurkic, and we didn't. And Miritich hit a couple of pull-up threes in the third quarter, which really turned the tide of the game. And it was basically a game of who's going to make shots. Neither team shot the ball extremely well, but New Orleans, their primetime players showed up. Portland's did not. And Evan, we talked about this before the podcast, but when you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum combining for 13 for 41, you are never going to win a basketball game. No, absolutely not. And take any team in the playoffs and you take their two best players. If they shoot like that, that team's not going to win. First off, that's a funny comment you made where like, Shout out to Alvin Gentry for not playing a Mecca Okafer. We're like, I feel like every, any person at any point in this country, it's like, don't play Mecca Okafer. Yeah, obviously no he, one should ever play Mecca Okafer. He started the last time. No, I, I understand. But like, that's, yeah. But no, but to your point, I'm the biggest Terry apologist in the world, but tonight was not his best night. Um, it was a frustrating situation. And please excuse me on my voice. I'm dead. I was screaming in the 300 level with my homies. Anyways, um, it does it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it's weird. Sometimes the Blazers have a strategy where they want to shoot a team out of a game early, which we tried to tonight unsuccessfully, and then they're like, "Oh shit!" Now we need to shoot ourselves back into the game, which also didn't really help. And then we got lucky in the second half. We had a few breaks, and Damon CJ finally broke out. But yeah, like Dustin said, too little, too late. Can, frustrating game. Can frustrating. we talk about the last two possessions when you're down three points and you have a chance to tie the game? And New Orleans is clearly not fouling, which I'm giving Alvin Gentry too much credit. They should have fouled. Portland was out of timeouts. Why are you going for a two-point play and why are you bringing in Myers Leonard completely cold off the bench? One, asking him to do anything that cold is only setting him up for mm, failure. That's putting him in a bad situation, bro. If you need a three, you put five shooters out there. Or at least maybe Terry's looking for a scapegoat, and we all love Myers being our scapegoat. So then Day's like, "Well, fucking Myers, man, it was all on him." But no, it, no, that's a great point for me. The the uh, heading into the fourth quarter, it was the first two possessions where like we were trying to make a run, and our first two possessions of the fourth quarter were turnover, turnover, and it's like, how are we supposed to make a comeback when you're so sloppy with the ball? Um, we talked about what the team. The Blazers had 17 assists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo had 17 assists. himself. <laughs> yeah. That... So we did not play unselfish basketball at all. Well, we could have, It was except for the fact that we weren't knocking down shots. We didn't hit outside shots. But I would say for a, from the moment the Pelicans made their run up until probably the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, we were playing selfish basketball because every time a player touched the ball, they were throwing it up. They thought that they had the green light and they're going to try to win the game for us instead of moving the ball around and working in offense. I saw so many quick shots by, by everyone. Like, no one is free uh, of criticism. Like, I think every a lot of players played poorly tonight. And, and Terry deserves criticism too. All of them. All of them. And I, I just don't know why you're playing so tight when you have... That fan base was ready. I mean, we were amped and... You're not exactly playing the San Antonio Spurs. You're playing the New Orleans Pelicans without DeMarcus Cousins. And Anthony Davis has a grand total of four playoff games under his belt. Yeah. And, like, 
none of those players outside of Ian Clark and uh, Rondo have ever really had any amount of success. So just a bunch of nervous guys. And they didn't look nervous coming out of the gate. They looked like they were ready to rumble. And the New Orleans Pelicans didn't play extremely well. They played fine. I know AD could play better. I know Drew Holiday could play better. But they just looked like they were loose and ready to go in that game. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But a counterpoint to they didn't look good. I mean, obviously, the Blazers couldn't have played any worse, and they lost by two, right? They played on offensively, defensively. They played well. Like they played bad, yeah. New Orleans, the Pelicans are one of the better, the one of the more fast-paced teams in the NBA right the now. The fastest since Boogie got hurt. Yeah, they played an insane pace and they put up points. So defensively, there was no issue defensively, and it is a combination of we played well and, like Sage said, they didn't play too well. Um, in my mind, like a silver lining is. Offensively, I hope it can't get much worse than that. You hope it can't. You hope that CJ and Dame don't combine for three first half points, or what was it? Three. CJ and Dame combine for three first half points. And and Drew Holiday. That can't happen in the first quarter, bro. Like, this is your backcourt that you have over $40 million committed to. Neil O'Shea is dying on that hill saying, I am living and dying by a CJ and Dame backcourt. That is unacceptable. And I'm the biggest Damian Lillard fan out there. You cannot play that poorly at home to start a postseason that that it just, it just can't happen and unfortunately it did and now portland's found themselves in a 1-0 hole the series isn't over by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. but now you are forced to one not only come back in game two but you have to win at least one of the next two in new orleans because you don't want to go down 3-1 i mean it's just such a tough proposition well, you put yourself in a spot where game two is a must win yeah, if you exactly. if you drop the first two at home it's over like they're gonna win the series so you it, it's really tough where you put yourself in a position where game two uh, it already is a must win like the second game of the playoffs like you have to go out and win that game um it's and it's really frustrating for portland because we had that losing streak prior to the end of the season and then we got that important one against Utah, and it kind of was false, like a fool's gold. False advertising. It was fool's gold. We're like, oh, we're good. We're good. Like, it's fine. We got that important win, and then we come out and lay an egg tonight, which is frustrating. So it's like, maybe that was just an anomaly where we beat Utah, and now it's like, this is where we're at. Well, what's interesting is Portland played so loose against the Jazz, and they played that was a reminiscent performance of the 9 opener against the Houston Rockets. Yes, we didn't get smashed like we did, but we had home court advantage. It was an evenly matchup series, and we came out and looked tight. I mean, we looked so unprepared and unwilling to to play Blazer basketball. Like, we just – I don't know any other way to, to put it other than we looked uncomfortable. Like, we weren't ready for, for the spotlight. No, I think, I think that's totally correct. And then – we and then we saw Blazer basketball with three minutes left in the game, mm-hmm. where we came back, where it's like, oh, that's the Blazer basketball I recognize. Too little, too late. Um, even though we did make that comeback, terrible mistakes late in the game, and that cost us. And it would have been, it would have been a class had we pulled that game out. It would have been a classic. The Blazers robbed them of that game. Like mm-hmm. no business winning that game. And we didn't. Like, we didn't. The Blazers did not deserve to win that no. game, and we lost that game. So, and that's just the way it is. You move on game two. If if I had told you ahead of the time that Portland would have outscored New Orleans 26-17, to 17, 
the team that averaged five fast break points all season long, 26-17 fast break. I would have thought, I thought Blazers were going to go up that game. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. But no, not the case. Not the case. A lot of selfish play, a lot of terrible shot selection. Oh, absolutely, Doug. Again, de- defensively wasn't the issue. It was on the offensive end where... In my mind, every once in a while, we have the strategy of we're going to try to shoot you out of the game early, and then it's like, oh, shit, now we need to shoot ourselves back into the game. And it's like a double negative where, like, this is really bad. We get down early, and yeah. One thing I've noticed was when Rondo Davis did the pick and roll, we had no idea where to be on the floor. Like, that was just eight straight points of... Oh, I'm going to oop it to Davis, or I'm going to take a really easy lane. So there's always stuff to work on, but like Pelicans run that pick and roll damn near every play. You've got to be prepared for Davis rim running, which is like, like people know Davis does that. And to just like have Rondo pick us apart like it was nothing. That, that part defensively was kind of demoralizing. I mean, New Orleans only shot 8 of 24, 33% from the 3. Yes, Portland played a pretty good job on defense, but I think New Orleans is capable of playing much better on offense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be up to Terry Stotts in Game 2 to put more pressure on Anthony Davis. I thought Anthony really was able to operate. He was comfortable He was No double teams. He was able to shoot that wide-open uh, mid-range jumper. Yeah, I mean, the step back that generates so much room. Step. I mean, he was so unaffected by any defense that we had out there. And, yes, I know Miritich was 4 of 10 and Ian Clark hit two big threes, but... You know, why not bank on guys like Solomon Hill and Drew Holiday and even Rajon Rondo shooting jump shots? Mm-hmm. Like when Rondo, late in the fourth, had that layup to put him back up six, I believe, I wanted to just scream at that. Why are you playing so tight on him? Play back. Beg him to shoot the jump shot. He's good enough to get right by you to the cup, and he did. Yeah. I just, I thought Portland played with a pretty bad basketball IQ tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't look prepared. They didn't look prepared no. at all. And which is unfortunate because they had a few days off. And, you know, all seasons convincing us, like, no, we're the real deal. And they fought their way to a three seed, rightfully so, the 13 game win streak. Great. Awesome. Convinced us that they're a top three seed. And then they go out and put this performance up, and it's just really frustrating. Do you want to know something fun? Yes. Of all the home games, four of them on Saturday, guess which team was the only one not to protect home court? I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. Of course, because we're... Because we were there. I mean, that's that's the the life of a Blazer fan, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you just get so jacked up for for home court advantage in this playoff series. And by no means... This is our Super Bowl. Like, this first round series is everything. We do not have expectations of getting any further than the first round. But goddammit, we want to get out of the first round. And I don't think that's a lot to ask for. And they came out, and I'm sitting there in the third quarter... Just like kind of head in my hands because it was pathetic basketball. What did we have at halftime? Thirty Nine. was it thirty six or seven at halftime? Something ridiculous. Like thirty six at halftime. We, the Portland Trailblazers, who are a, a team that can score points, mm-hmm. had thirty six points at halftime. What was it the other night against what team that we put up a forty something in one quarter? It was towards the end of the season. We put up like a 40-something in a quarter. It was Clippers, I believe. Yeah. 
And we put up 36 and one half against... We, we had 72 with six minutes to go in that game. Yeah. And then they kind of, they, you know... I think they finally loosened up and you saw CJ just, just shoot. I don't know what was... I, I knew it was going to be a long night when... It was two of the first five or six possessions, CJ missed two wide-open threes yeah, pretty man. badly. And he's been struggling. In the month of April, he shot like 34%, which is he's a career 45% shooter. And if you, in the last month, you're shooting 34%. Not great. You As your second-best player, a guy who shoots the second-most shots on your team, can't have that. And he, in Utah, he played well against Utah, and I was like, all right, he's back. And it's like, maybe he's not back. He's in, he's in a slump. He's been inconsistent, man. He's in a slump. He's in a slump with, with his gameplay. I know. I know people are real hyped that we use the our special word, but I mean, when when the the margin for error is so thin between both teams, like the, this game, New Orleans stealing home court is pretty pretty important. We get that game too. Also, if you look at any other team in the playoffs, you look at Toronto, Kyle Lowry. You look. Indiana coming up with with, with Vic Oladipo. I mean, Philadelphia, J.J. Redick, any player, star player that's open, that shot has to drop a lot of the times, especially early on. And when it doesn't, it just, it's really demoralizing because you're like, shit, now either Dame's going to have to go into God mode or our bench players or role players or, are yeah. just going to have to save or, our ass. And that's... Asking a lot of both parties, and I'm, I don't, I'm not putting this entire loss on CJ because Dame not, did not no. play well either. No, but it, it just felt ominous from the opening get go when he missed those two. I was like, "We're in for a long night." And you flip that script against Utah. He hit a couple early on. I was like, "Okay, it's gonna be a good night." Like CJ, you can tell what type of game he's gonna have in the first six minutes of the game. And and the that Blazer offense with those two uh, missed CJ jumpers. It was pick and roll. New Orleans collapsed from the weak side, and then they kicked it to the open shooter. Like, that was probably some of our best offense of the day, and CJ happened to brick it, and then we kind of went away from attacking the pick and roll that way. Well, and you know what happens, and this is the tough part with this Blazers team, is that they all have apparently have the green light to shoot. So when CJ starts missing, then you've got guys like Evan Turner and Alfred Camino who are like, I need to start shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's not hitting. Let me start shooting. I got this. Not <laughs> the greatest strategy. I mean, I know Minu's had a good year. You don't ever want Evan Turner shooting a three. It's not helpful. It's not. So, like, it, this team, this team goes as far as Dame and CJ take them. And if they don't play well, we're not going to win. It's that simple. So there it's were just a, the way it is. There were a lot of things that we didn't like about Game One. Was there any bright spots for you? Defensively, I think defensively, yeah. I mean, we held them to under 100 points. Again, a New Orleans team, since Boogie got hurt, they're one of the fastest-paced teams. They like to push the ball. Um, held them under points, 100 points, I think it's great. Another silver lining, like, we obviously played terribly and were in it at the end, which it's funny because we, when we left the game, I jokingly told you guys, I'm like, I wish we would have just got blown out because, like, another heartbreaking Blazers loss. But, like, we were in it. In my mind, and this is debatable to you listeners or to Sage or Dustin, in my mind, it wasn't a, the Pelicans beat us. It was, we just didn't play well and we beat ourselves. That's in my opinion. Um, Damon CJ, I don't, I hope don't go 13 for 41 next game. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'd be shocked if it did. And if it did, then we're going to lose the series very quickly. I mean, I, 
I don't think we played well, but I think you have to tip your hat to the Pelicans because they came out with a good defensive strategy, and the strategy was, we're not going to let Dane beat us. Mm. And after seeing him go off for 41 points against them the last night, they came out and said, okay, we'll give up the three to Aminu. We'll let Evan Turner post up. You know, he's going to get a couple of shots. But there are a couple of players out there in the NBA where if they hit their first couple of shots, it's actually a blessing. Because Evan Turner is now going to continue to shoot that basketball. Mm. And more times than not, he's not going to keep it up. Um, I also thought that if we're talking about bright spots, the bench played well. Like We had a 27-12 bench advantage. Zach Collins probably rushed a couple of threes, but... He had a couple of nice moves. He looked patient. Ed Davis was vintage Ed Davis. Pat hustled his ass off. Um, Shabazz was scrappy, but he's got to keep control of that basketball, and he's got to learn how to throw an entry pass. But overall, if our bench can do that every night, I think I still like Portland's chances because I don't see Damon CJ playing that poorly. But it's it's a, it's a seven-game series for a reason, and there are going to be nights where our bench doesn't show up, but I think it was an encouraging sign. And also a must-have. If you're playing at home, your bench has to show up. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just familiar with the rims and stuff. Um, I, I like that. Dang, I mean, AD and Drew got theirs, but each one more, Darius Miller were all non-factors. So at least you expect Rondo, AD, Drew, and Nico to have good games. At least they didn't let more hit three threes or Darius Miller get busy. So at least they stopped the secondary players. Going into game two, what are both you looking for from New Orleans' point of view and Portland's point of view? I, I think he, I think, I mean, it's all about adjustments. And just we got to see what Terry Stotts does to uh, adjust to what the Pelicans did defensively and offensively. Tighten down on that pick and roll. I just want to see what they do, and um, gotta get the big man involved, man. That that's just a distinct advantage. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I don't know why it didn't happen tonight. Like, I get frustrated when the strategy is we're gonna start shooting threes and go from there. I, especially with the way that Yusuf Nurkic has played the past forty-five days, whatever it is, why don't you start with him? And if it doesn't work going through him. Damon CJ will be able to hopefully shoot their way into a game. I think it's so important to get someone like Yusuf Nurkic involved early, mm-hmm. get him engaged, and get him going. And just either get him in, get the other team in, get the Pelicans in foul trouble, or if it's not working, then fine, then switch strategy. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to start with. We're going to start bombing you from three, and then we get down. And once you get down, then you it's harder to go to Nurkic because you're down by a lot. And the whole philosophy is keep shooting threes. I don't agree with that. So, yeah, my thing is get Yusuf going. He's been playing so well the past couple months. Get him going. If I'm the Pelicans, I look to make Anthony Davis even more of a focal point. It's obvious that Portland is probably going to let him go one-on-one. And if that's the case, you let him go go to work because we just don't have anyone that's going to to hold him. I mean, I think we could contain him in a, in a in a way if we send a double and trying to you know confuse him and make him pass out the ball and maybe make guys like Solomon Hill and maybe see if Ian Clark can stay hot or or Miritich, like make role players beat you if role players beat you that's when you really tip your hat and say you're the complete better team now if I'm the Blazers I I mean you guys have already said it 
let's get the ball to Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, it's amazing he's not kind of going at Terry in the media right now. Like, I, I, I cannot fathom how little we're finding him the ball this, this month of April. It, it's a complete mockery of the game of basketball. And I don't know why more reporters aren't calling Terry Stotts and just saying, why? He wasn't in foul trouble. Why is he only playing 24 minutes? He, he truly is our X factor. I mean, he is the guy that when he's healthy, I mean, he gave us 21 and 11 and four blocks the last time we were in New Orleans. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the reason we were able to let Dame go into God mode because he gobbled up all those rebounds and put it back up and in. I mean, outside of the obvious, I think Portland just has to settle down. I mean, I saw this exact game when we played the Rockets, when we were going for win number 14. Portland got up and down. They took a lot of quick shots. They got into a three-point shooting contest with the Rockets, shooting threes way beyond the realm of, you know, even questioning whether that was a good shot. We shot so many quick, bad shots that if I'm Portland, I think the, the key is to just take a deep breath and realize basketball is not life or death. Go out there and have some fucking fun. I did not see the team have fun tonight. And I, I, one last thing about what I think plays is Evan Turner got busy in the first quarter, and it was a lot of post-ups, and he was posting up Rondo. I mean, Rondo had 17 assists tonight. If we can make him work on defense, he is a slight guy. Dean Lillard could body him, like attack Rondo. He's not the defender he was in Boston. Be more, uh, be more aggressive with Rondo. I, I would like to see that if I am, uh, if, if if I'm Terry Stotts, I'm saying attack him, and if Solomon Hill's bringing up the ball, make his life living hell, because he he's recovering from a torn hammy. He isn't ready for Wade Baldwin or Pat Connerson just going at him. So, yeah, that, I mean that's that that's what I think the 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 Terry should be telling them. I mean, Rondo can handle Dame or Evan. What are your predictions for Game 2? I think the Blazers have to win this one. But do you think they win? Oh, man. Yeah, I think they win this one. And then they go into normal 1-1. I do think they win this game. I I think that Dame and CJ are going to take this game personally. I hope they take it personally. I hope they've got a few days off, right? We, we don't play until Tuesday, so they got a few days off. We're at home, like, look in the fucking mirror and, like, understand that, like, this franchise goes how you guys go, and you are the most important part of this franchise, and yeah, I think Portland wins game two. Uh, I think they win comfortably in game two. Not a blowout. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, seven, eight points. I'm saying, like, I'm saying not, like, tonight where it came down to, I'm saying a game where it doesn't come down to a last possession, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying a blowout. I'm pretty jaded right now. I know, Doc. This is the grumpiest I've seen Dustin in our shit seven-year friendship, Doc. So, I mean, part of me wants to say, yeah, Blazers are going to win. They have to win. But everyone's saying that. That scares me. Also, the Pelicans played a B game. Yeah, their B game. The Pel- like, let's not – this team has another level they could get to. Mm-hmm. Let's if, not – If the Pelicans played a B game, what did the Blazers play tonight? Like a C- D or C? Yeah. Portland played a D game. I mean, it was a yeah. – they played yeah. like shit. Yeah, so – But uh, also, we we found out a couple of things. One, New Orleans isn't phased by the crowd. I mean, they, they went out there and they, they didn't turn the ball over. They only had maybe like one or two more turnovers than us, so they weren't they weren't rattled. Um, two, they hit a lot of pressure shots. 
And, and three, I, I just think they could get – it's scary. I think they could get more from Anthony Davis and Drew Holloway. Absolutely. Like, like I think Blazer fans going into the series were way too cocky and way too mm-hmm. overconfident. And one, Portland is a live by the three, die by the three team. Two, New Orleans is a really good team despite Boogie Cousins not being there. I thought they would fall through, but the, but they haven't. They're, they're beating teams right now. Yeah, they went on a five-game win streak yeah. to end the end the season. My my thing is, I don't know if Portland can just because if we come out, and we play our B plus game. That's great, but what if New Orleans has an A plus game? Like that that scenario. Then you tip your cap. Yeah, really. then, then but that scenario still can happen. So, but no, but to your point of saying that Boogie or not Boogie, excuse me, uh, AD and Drew can have a better game. Again, Damon CJ just shot 13 for 41. They're going to have a better game. Absolutely. It's, it's not that they they could have a better game. They are going to have a better game. I, I think it's on Damian Lillard to get like 40 this next game, Doug. You I'm, think that they don't win unless he gets 40? I mean, I think there's many ways they can win where he doesn't need to score I, I think the easiest way is if he gets 40 because what I saw when Alvin and Darren Ehrman uh, the assignments for Drew, he was on CJ damn near the entire game. I would trust Dame to body Rondo. I mean, the, the, the strap for New Orleans with Drew is the best guard defender in the league is CJ the first 36, Dame last six, or whatever the math is. I'm pretty, pretty fucked Four, up right two, now. Yeah, 36 and, yeah. Yeah, whatever. 12, 12, yeah. yeah. So... Here, I, I, have a question. Body I have a question for you two. If the Blazers lose game two, is that it? Is the series over? Yes, absolutely. Go down 0-2? Done. Put it, Put us in the body bag. Take us to the uh, Take us to the morgue. We're done. We're so, toast. And I don't necessarily disagree with you at all. So that's the frustrating part the Blazers have put themselves in that this mm-hmm. feels game two of the playoffs is a must-win game. It puts a lot of pressure so, on us. It's... And I don't... I'm not going to say... Go so far as say it's over. It's not over, but I don't think any Blazer fans feeling good about that. Well, no. Not after tonight. No. Not because after tonight. I still think the teams are evenly matched. And one team... I mean, momentum is, 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 a, is a motherfucker. Yeah. It can be switched just like that, but yeah. it's... The one good thing with the Blazers this season was our road record was a lot better than it was last year. A lot better. But we didn't... We haven't won a road game in... Three weeks? The last road game was in New Orleans. If that, if that makes you feel any better. It does, because I'm going to be in New Orleans for game four, and I'm going to watch that game, apparently from the 100 level, and we are going to win game four. If we win no other game in this series, it'll be game four when I'm in New Orleans. Well, no doubt about I would say the Blazers would win game four because the holy backboard will be at the watch party that... Pinwheel Empire and Blazer's Edge and everything. Neela, shout out to her, are throwing. So I, th- I think the Holy Backboard will definitely, uh, and, and Evan being in the city will definitely. I'll FaceTime you guys you, from, di- from the game. FaceTime you guys. Yeah, we'll celebrate that. That's going to be a W. Mm-hmm. Better be a W. If not, well, let me just say this. Either way, I'm going to get so drunk in New Orleans, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to forget about that game. That night, either way, I'm going to forget about that game. Win or lose, I will forget about that game. I will say for game two, I am with Sage. Dame has to get 40 for us to win. If he doesn't, we are losing that game. I would not, I personally would not go that far. I feel what you guys are saying. Because that's what, that's what it took last time to, to beat win. them. But that's what it took last time to beat them. I think there's a, a scenario where 
uh, maybe give Nurk 15 shot attempts where we and, and then we and I completely him. agree, but I I haven't like the proof is kind of in the pudding, and I haven't seen that from this either. Both so the guards are accountable, but so are the coaches. I have not seen the guards or the coaches specifically say let's feed it to Nurk, go inside. Like he has had so many. It's been this entire season. I mean, that's been that the narrative. We look at Brooklyn when he doesn't play the entire fourth quarter. We look at that Boston game when he goes out because if Al Horford hits one pick and pop three, the complete defense goes to hell. I mean, we, we saw the Memphis game, the Dallas game. Every time we have a really bad loss, you can point, put your finger on it and say, why didn't Nurt get more shot attempts? He's shooting over 50%. So until they figure that out, I don't have a lot of confidence. I mean, it's kind of crazy that we're able to to really dissect this and say this is the problem, but the coaching staff is just completely just blind. Do you guys want to wrap this very emotional episode, or do you guys have some more to say? No, I'm good. Like, I, I was positive. I was trying to look at what the bench did, and, like, I'm not even, like, I'm I, if, like, shout out to Dane Carbaugh. He said, Blazer fans aren't upset because we're already dead inside. <laughs> you know, I've been dead inside as a Blazer fan a long time ago. So Realest talk I've ever heard. I mean, I've, I've been through a lot of shitty losses. That just one of that just adds to the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was a shitty loss. doesn't even crack, like, the top ten. <laughs> Maybe. I'd have to go back and look at it. In person. I, I didn't person. have a gut. Yeah, no, in person for sure. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this very, very emotional, voice-broken, me-being-pretty-drunk episode of The Holy Backward. Thank you for listening. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and this show will definitely not be on Dash Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Evan, do you have anything you want to... Uh, promote to the people. Yeah, just follow me Instagram, Twitter, Evan M PDX. How do you spell that, Ev? It is. Oh my god! And <laughs> man, the event. I'm going to be part of the viewing party too, which is dope. Coming up next weekend. Even though I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be in New Orleans, I'm raffling off some of my artwork, which is awesome. The flyer they put out does not spell my name right, which is whatever. Evan M is E V A N E M. Very simple. Dot com. Dot com. Evan M PDX, E V A N E M PDX, uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Follow me. It'd be great. I love you guys. Love yeah. you guys too. Let's <laughs> let's go, Blazers. Let's let's win game two. It's gonna be tough as shit, but we can do it as long as Dane gets 40. And we out. Peace out, everybody. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!